News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. And I'm Alan Gilbreth with DarkOakMedia.com. And I'm Maximilian, and unfortunately, it's too late for me to say, may the 4th be with you. Okay, well. That's uh, never too late. We just look at you and smile and say, look, there goes baby Grogu. I mean, we can milk <laughs> this for, for what it's worth. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll just, keep, just remember it's blue milk. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the, the blue milk's on the top shelf. Uh, you can call or text us uh, at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989 and let us know how you celebrated May the 4th or something. Mm. I don't know. That's that's too corporate for me, Alan. That's not a, you know. Well, here we go. Today what? is also the birthday of Sigmund Freud. Okay. Uh, all right. Do you like that guy? That seems like more of it seems like more of a guy you'd care about. I, I, Max, don't, so. I don't know, Maximilian. Do you have problems with your parental units? Yeah. <laughs> Do I need to even answer that? <laughs> okay. Hey. Uh, also, uh, I don't know if they're turned on yet, Max. But our uh, the the Royal Retreat camera system yes. is is uh, well, I guess it's up and running, but um, or maybe it's not. But uh, once once Max, you know. Presses, uh, wrestling presses the, the right button, it'll be on. But uh, we also want, yeah, we definitely want to welcome our new sponsor, Royal Retreat, who we'll talk about in a little bit, yeah. Alan. So uh, we also invite you to go to, to the uh, Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and check out the uh, three posts that I've made over there. Um, we, we naturally posted our must-have item of the week, Alan. We posted our great moments in building history, which today is going to be interesting. We've mentioned it in passing a few times. In fact, I think we mentioned it in, in our very first mm-hmm. great moments in building history, but we've never done a deep dive, and that is the world's first Ferris wheel. Or the world's biggest FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bingo. So, I mean, one and a half million people wrote on this thing. The yeah, first, when they, and the, lived. Not bad. Uh, not, 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 not a bad uh, turnout. So we'll talk about that in our great moments in building history. And I posted a really good video Um the, the you know on YouTube some videos are better than others as yes. you, as you know Alan this one's really good very comprehensive and uh, it covers it well so it, it would behoove you to get over there and uh, listen and uh, check it out so mm-hmm. also on our Facebook page it was more or less some I don't know if this is breaking home improvement news or I, I think this is more of a soapbox moment for one of our listeners but uh, you know one of our loyal listeners Robbie who who always chimes in mm. you know he's the interactive kind of uh, listener we want you oh, know yeah. folks we the 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 uh, tool talk radio facebook page and the, this whole thing is um you know it's a team effort we want all of you to chime in so robbie sent me something that he deals with uh pretty regularly and i think we'll we'll dive into that it's to do with uh flooring let's call this flooring design flaws and uh, oh i can think of a lot of those we'll we'll get into that right. so uh, uh then of course later uh our good buddy larry brown from brown refrigeration is supposed to be in the awesome. house I hope, unless duty calls or unless uh, yeah. he's uh He is a busy man right now, I promise you. You, you never really know with that. So, Alan, uh, uh, the title of this killed me. Alan's Week in Review, seven, 70 Cats and dry, Drywall Replacement. Yep. <clears throat> Sounds like a country music song. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you the dog ran away and the train wrecked. Yeah. But... Um, and I'm also putting this out there. This is a, this is going to be sort of a uh, this is something we're looking for our listeners to uh, to get involved in. And uh, 
We're going to unpack this later in the show. Hopefully, Larry will join the conversation. And, and it's going to be, what was the very first home improvement project you ever did as a homeowner? Mm. Now, we're not going to count painting or, you know, changing the air ducts. We're talking about an improvement, like, you know, what stamped I built a deck. It is yours. Right. What stamp? Yeah, exactly. What stamped it is yours. So if you've got something mm, that, okay. you, you, if you can remember your first home improvement project, I feel like it sets the trajectory in your uh, relationship with your home, you could say. And it says something about you that whatever you prioritize first, I guess. So other than took the toilets off your roof. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Or the mannequin heads that were staked to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, see, that was my second home, Alan. That that wasn't your first home. That's true. No, that wasn't my first rodeo. So so it's all coming at you today, you know, on uh, Tool Talk Radio. So, um, Alan, let's start with this. well, let me see. No, I okay. Well, let let's start with this. Let's let's talk about Robbie. So, all right, let's talk about Robbie. All right, Robbie. Let's talk about uh, if you're what out there do, listening, he might be out there doing you know doing uh, doing his flooring work. But so if you if you check out the uh, if you check out the Facebook page, you'll see a po- a picture that kind of illustrates what what his beef was. And so we're gonna call this insufficient bullnose trim on stair treads. And uh, oh, let, qualify as historically terrible. Yes. Um, yes. I don't know. Is it? I mean, it's still going on today it's historically one. terrible and it's just uh, dangerous just just let me oh my this armor is useless why do we even wear it oh you stink this is the worst <laughs> okay so now folks i think i'm sure that sounds like a mouthful let me let me just unpack what his what the nature of the problem is so i'm sure everybody knows what a hardwood floor mm. stair stair uh, stair tread looks like well some of those are actually Full, you know, full three quarter inch pieces of hardwood, yes. right? Um, some that have been planed and or routered into a bull nose and and glued together. And so you have some situations where you might have the and and, and Robbie, feel free to chime in if I'm wrong because mm-hmm. I'm not a floor guy, but I do know enough about wood. So, but Alan, so I'm I've seen you know they they glue the stair tread together. It's what I don't know eight or ten inches deep, probably some about ten or twelve inches depending on the stair, you attach it, and it is a very firm and uh, solid thing to put your Safe weight on. Safe for the years. Safe for yes. you to put. And, and usually you don't want a huge overhang because, for one thing, you'll trip as you're going Correct. up the stairs. But also you're putting a lot of weight on that uh, edge of the stairs, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. it could crack. Well, his thing, he was sending me some pictures. And, you know, we, we, we're we big fans of the pre-finished hardwood flooring, which we see today and mm-hmm. all that. Well, one thing, I guess one disadvantage is if you're going to use things like that on your stairs, that stuff's only a quarter inch or maybe maybe three-eighths of an inch thick, right? And so now you got to figure Mm-mm. out what to do with the stair tread and and how to make it attach and be, you know. So what he's what he's pointing out, folks, is that the, um, you've got basically this little edge to work with where people are going to be putting a lot of weight. Yes. And, Alan, you love this because all of you're always dealing with safety ha- uh, hazards oh, yeah. and things like uh, that. Mm. And I have to admit, and, and plus it comes loose and you get a seam and they come off. And so I think it's worth a, a little round table here. So, well, all right, let, let's, as I'm famous for saying, let's set the Wayback Machine and go to Art Deco. Yeah. Where everything was foofied up. 
So we had to Art add a little Deco. something. Wait a minute. I don't know if that's Art Deco. Well, Are you it, talking about Victorian stuff? Well, Because Art Deco is kind of cool, but okay. It, it is. Or is he talking about Baroque or Edwardian? Yeah. What, how far back are you going, Alan? Well. Let's get our terminology right. So, you know, okay. as Queen Victoria put it, it looked like whipped cream on the walls. But, okay. That's not Art yeah, Deco. We're, 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 yeah. we're, well, we're going to pick on Art Deco because a lot of it was artistic and it was decoration. Bingo. And it, it, the focus was on decoration. decoration. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a sad attempt to kind of decorate everything without paying a lot of attention to its actual form or function. Can I sorry, Alan, but you you triggered me. <laughs> One thing go. I because you know, I I learned I studied furniture making. I studied right. classical furniture design. And I, I and sometimes you'll encounter these these chairs or especially yes. a table. That uh, maybe there's just a one, um, you know, th there's some decorative element and it looks really cool. But my first thing that I go to is I'm like, okay, all of the weight on the table is basically compromised right here in this little half inch section, which somebody's going to lean on and this thing's going to fall over. So, yes. You know, it uh, looks great until you try to use it, basically. It, it, that is the coolest looking coupler I've ever seen. Right. Until somebody my size mm -hmm. sits on it. Right, right. And then you hear it groan and creak and begin to crack. And next thing you know, I'm on the floor. Right, right. So uh, uh, there are any number of large comedians that have said, yeah, you invite me over to your house. I'm heading straight for the wicker furniture. <laughs> and, you know, so uh, there were just a lot of these things. And one of the most one of the worst things I ever saw was just basically molding on the edge of the stairs. Yeah, yeah. Now, I got to admit. It looked phenomenal when you're standing at the bottom of the stairs and you're looking up the sweeping staircase mm -hmm. as it goes all gone with the wind. But the horrible reality is that was whacking the top of your foot every time you went through. Oh, yeah. And every time you stepped down, you were putting all the weight on a little tiny edge with a nail in it. <laughs> and yeah, I forgot about that part of it. Yeah, there's nails and, in there. And, yeah. well, it wasn't the nail that was going to get you. The worst part, the thing that got me, was it would begin to separate and have that tiny little seam in it. Mm -hmm. And that baby would pinch the holy bejesus out of the bottom of your foot. Right. And it was just, it was, it looked so good, but it just was such not a great idea. So here's, here's the question. You know, I don't know if he was, um, I'm sure he has a solution because this is what he does. So, but uh, let's just, <sighs> here's my solution. This is just my, my, this is off the top of my head uh, solution, mm -hmm. Alan. Okay. Well, you know, stairs. Okay. Let's suppose you got some pre-finished hardwood flooring and then you, and then you come up against the stair, the uh, right. stair treads and everything. Well, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is who says that it has to be the exact same wood as what's on your floor in terms of, uh, for example, let's suppose you got some, I don't know, rosewood colored floor. Well, with our painting technology and stuff, you could probably take that to the uh, your your local paint store and get a stain matched to that color. Yes. And so maybe if you put a nice solid oak stair tread on there and stain it to that color, there's enough similarity to that. Or you just go completely the other direction and you make the stairs sort of an accent piece and it doesn't have to be the same color. It may even be... You may even have a, a black stain or some kind of bold color on there, 
And then it's its own thing. And because, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know how like the front door can be whatever color you want. It doesn't have to match the house. It can right. Be, it's its own feature. Maybe I don't know. He never really told me what his solution was. I'm assuming well, the it's solution something is down don't that road. do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, the the problem with you've got something that is so mission critical to your home. That's a good way of putting it. Mission critical. It is absolutely mission critical. Of I remember when a friend of mine had a set of stairs carpeted. <laughs> and it yeah. absolutely freaked her out that instead of actually wrapping under, wrapping all the way under and going down the back wall with the carpet, the carpenters went in there and just kind of came off the end of the tread and went to the back of the next tread and kind of made a little diagonal out of mm-hmm. the carpet. Yeah. And and either way is known acceptable practice, but it just wasn't what she had expected because she wanted that carpet wrapped around and under right. and totally secured. Yeah. She didn't want a, a tent underneath there. Right. So just when you, when you, I hate to say it, but no matter how much the aesthetic is that you want, mm-hmm. you really have got to go with function over form. I think that's a good lesson anyway, because there's a lot of times we, we love the look of something, and then well, maybe you got to go step back, like you said, and consider where this, how, how is this going to look in two years after you've been using it? Or am well, I, is this a death trap I've created? Uh, well, something? you know, how about the fact that we've changed the depth of the tread at this point, too? Right. Oh, good point. Yeah. Or I was just going to say, how many toes are you going to lose, like with shack carpeting? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> My poor little toes still haven't recovered from the 70s. Yeah. So, so when you look at this, I mean, and this kind of this kind of weird, we're going to decorate the stairs. Mm-hmm. You know, magically, I always kind of coalesce that. I usually find it in houses that still have floor registers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is kind of like, did you hate the people that bought houses then? Right. Were you really trying to kill their feet? Yeah. You know, I, I will say this, Alan, because you know we everybody's got their own situation. I I I, I do like the look of uh, having like a runner going up the stairs because there are times. What if you've got a bunch of kids and you got stairs and you know it's easier to slip on a hardwood floor stair than have a, a little bit of carpet. But uh, I feel like those runners are a good compromise because you can put them down mm. and. Uh, you still see the wood, the wooden stair tread, and everything like that. And and one day when they're older, you could remove it, or maybe you just, maybe that's the look. Maybe some of these older homes look kind of cool with a with a runner. You know, mm-hmm. they even maybe they even get fancy and they put those little uh, like brass uh, bars that go across the top. You know, the one that and the inside and everything. I don't know, but uh, I guess like you said, just be think about function over. I'll uh, uh, be so yeah. mindful that. Anything that's going to grab your foot on stairs is a bad idea. Yeah. Well, Robbie, we appreciate uh, we appreciate that, and uh, we will we'll leave that out there. If other listeners have any stair mm. issues, or if they've uh, yeah, let us if, know if they've had good solutions uh, working on that, um, you know. But like we say, send all of that to the uh, Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline nine zero one six eight three zero nine eight nine, or you can message us over on our Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. But uh, all right, Alan, uh, it's time to uh, change gears here. Okay. (laughs) Well, Alan's Week in Review, this one sounds like it might be kind of more along the lines of a horror film. So uh, what did you do this week? Oh, by the way, you know, if you're new to Tool Talk Radio, Alan's Week in Review more or less covers the fact that Alan works in... 
he works uh <laughs> well i don't know he he works in a lot of varied uh let's just know. say to quote you two he moves in mysterious ways yeah, yeah you never really know what he's gonna do from week to week and it's always unpredictable so we're like well let's not waste good material let's find well, out what you did this week and so well you know oddly, what happened this year has taken a strange trend hmm. okay of I, I had a huge commercial building that in uh, reminiscence of you, dear Joe, I'm going to wait you put your coat down before I say anything else. Yeah. So, don't <laughs> so worry, I'm not going to laugh. See it and spray it. Yeah. Of, let's just say, Squirrel Nod did not begin to cover. Squirrel Nod. Oh my gosh. This poor building, like every corner on 40,000 square feet of building, had a uh, squirrel ejection system. <laughs> Wait a minute. I just picture like a, a miniature trebuchet just hurling squirrels. It, it, the building looked like it. An it was, SES. Oh, my gosh. A squirrel so ejection. What do you mean by that? We had, we had to put ejectors over almost every corner in this building so squirrels could get out but couldn't turn around and get back in. Oh, you're talking about like almost like a one-way door. Yes. Like, we had okay. to put one-way wire doors on them. And this lasted for months. And we finally got That sounds in like a, a squirrel eviction system. It I is. mean. If we're going to get technical, but go ahead. It's still me, SES. Yeah, it's still it, the same If acronym. I could have hooked up an air cannon to this thing, I would have. <laughs> trust me. So we finally okay. got in there a couple of weeks ago and got all of that chewed up wood cut out and replaced. Right. Well, that got followed up immediately by, we'll just call it the raccoon roof. <laughs> where a, you know, through a soffit, raccoons had broken into a home and had been living comfortably above the ceiling. Yeah. And of a couple of weeks ago, it was time to now remove the raccoon accommodations because the house is being remodeled. Sure. And the poor homeowner discovered that raccoons make their bedroom over here. <laughs> and over there in that corner is the latrine. Oh, God. Yeah, so they don't. Okay. And yeah. when you knock down that four by eight sheet of uh, sheetrock, it is immediately unpleasant to everybody below you. Okay, but Alan, you talked about cats. Oh, this we're time. getting there. Okay, yeah, we're well, just building you know, up we got to five it. minutes. So, I know. Okay. Here All we right. go. You're gonna get to it. And, or what? and this okay. week, uh, we were uh, taking care of a house, and this is why a broken window or something is so important, because feral cats had gotten in and been living there, and there was a sizable number that had been in there. How many uh, estimates range anywhere from 30 to 70. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And let's just say... Was this house abandoned? Um, I mean, or just empty? Empty, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Thank goodness. Who wanted... Uh, okay, Oh, ahead. yeah. But, wow. All I got to say is the the raccoons and the squirrels paled. The, we have seen the penultimate and what we could do to a house. The, so, this thing is just shockingly amazing. So we've been. Did they get this house for like fifty bucks or something? Yeah. You couldn't pay me to live in something like this. All right, okay. So yeah, so a lot of walls have been. Uh, the sheetrock literally was so bad we had to pull it all the way around the building. So well, that's a lesson because you know sheetrock is like a sponge and everything. So if water or anything up. unpleasant, even just yeah, latent uh, fumes and oh, stuff. Oh, latent you're, fumes! You're there better you to go. just rip it out. So yeah, latent fumes sounds like the name of a band. Oh, yeah, that is a good name for a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feline latent fumes is a good name for this house. Okay, so that's what you did. It, so who did the demo on this? Did you have to do it? Uh, happily, no. Another crew came in and had the 
pleasure. That's the worst removing, part of this oh, job. It was horrifying. What did you do about the studs? Because the studs would have still been affected those by this. Those have been sprayed. Okay. So we we, we neutralized I'm, those. Okay. And now we've started going back in and hung nice, clean, happy sheetrock. And last night we actually finished taping and mudding. So today, this afternoon, begins the sanding. So it's going to be Which, Pillsbury yeah. Doughboy time. Yeah, I hate sheetrock work, but it still sounds better than dealing with all that cat stuff. What What about the floors on this place? I oh, guess they're toast. What kind of no? What are they hardwood? Are they concrete? They're now concrete. They, they were carpet, or we hope it was carpet. Oh my gosh! So you got to do hope something to carpet. that concrete because that's like a mm -hmm. sponge. Yeah, it's all gonna have to be treated and acid washed and all that good stuff. All right, I know people are eating breakfast, Alan, but I'm kind of curious what other <laughs> things happen to a house that's just been sitting there that animals got into. It just sounds like a recipe right. for Well, the number like one thing that is going to happen yeah. is the acidic level in the air is going to rise and everything in the house is going to rust. Yeah, I bet. And I mean like under the mud on the corner guards are is going to rust. Mm -hmm. Of things that you don't think can rust will rust through. Uh, the finishes will come off of everything in the house. Yep. Can the rust rust? Well, in an odd sort of way, yes. Because... I've seen that. Yeah. It just keeps Rust building on itself. Yeah. It, it will actually consume itself and become crinkly and fall apart. Like your mother-in-law. Yeah. Whoa, Dominic. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is he married? I don't I don't know he was single. I don't know. Uh, okay. But, you know, it, it, the... I find it amazing how quickly a property goes downhill the minute the humans are no longer inhabiting it. Okay. Now, and if you think this is bad, I've even heard of a case, I haven't seen one yet, of in Texas, if you leave a building abandoned and there's an access point, wild hogs are getting into them. And I thought cats well, I heard these wild hogs are out of control, and they're here, too. So. Yeah, well, I, I'm kind of like, I haven't seen one of those houses yet, but I'm sure I will. Okay, all right. Well, we're, yeah, we don't, we can't promise what you might see on this show today, <laughs> so. Uh, but good good news is Larry Brown's coming in later, so Absolutely. that'll be good. We'll keep it civilized. So, uh, you're listening to Tool Talk Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. When my new apprentice arrives, he will take care of you. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. It sounds great. Sounds like he's a go-getter and mm. ready to take care of business. I love it. So, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, unless you're on that work team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. I will take care yeah. of you. <laughs> Max is in a mood today. I don't know. What did you give him? He's over-caffeinated. That's, that's a given. Mm. Uh, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And if Max ever figures out which button to push, you can watch the show today on the uh, Royal Royal Retreat uh, Studio Cam. That's what we'll Absolutely. call it for now. So uh, we're, we we want to welcome our new sponsor, Royal Retreat. You'll you'll discuss them in a minute, Alan. Mm -hmm, so, I sure will. Uh, but we welcome them to the family, and we appreciate them giving us these nifty cameras. And like I said, yeah. if Max ever gets them figured out, then you can watch the show. And when you do, then you'll want to go to, uh, after you visit Tool Talk Radio's Facebook page, you're going to want to go visit the uh, News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, mm, and you'll absolutely. be able to see it, uh, you know, but... 
Uh, we, we we promise nothing at the moment because right now, Alan, the light is still still not red, and it's so it's blinking. Okay, well we'll see. Hey, uh, Alan, uh, why don't we? Uh, in a minute, we are going to get we're we're changing up the order of things because, like I said, we got our good buddy Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration coming in in the second half of the show. Um, so we're going to be mixing things up, and uh, shortly we're going to get to our great moments in building history, which is going to be a really interesting topic. But before that, uh, why don't you tell us about our new sponsor? Uh, All righty. Royal Retreat. Uh, yeah, the Royal Retreat is a new assisted living facility of over in the East Memphis area. And if anybody has any needs any information, they can ton- contact Lana Candela. She is the uh, Community Relations Director, and they can reach them at 901 901- Five six three two two one zero. Uh, basically, assisted living is that answer to really difficult family questions. Sometimes, oh, yeah. uh, all of us have had it in our we, lives. We right? all deal with it. Yeah. We all do it. Uh, this is a newly renovated facility. It's quite beautiful. And as a matter of fact, uh, rumor has it they're getting new gardens this week. Okay. Wait. You said East Memphis. Where? Because yep. I, I feel like I've driven by there. I want to get. I'm looking forward you to getting have, a tour. So. Uh, they are right over there at six five five one Knight Arnold Road, right at Kirby Parkway. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that. The so. good looking facilities. Um. You know, Alan. Uh, as long as we're talking about that, I think if you're, you know, if you're around our age, let's say, do your do your children a favor and start addressing this now. There's right. all sorts of options if you plan for this stuff. Because let's face it, you know. We're all going to get older, and uh, we're not getting any younger. That do is them a certain. favor. Don't right. bur- Yeah, you don't want to uh, make it more burdensome for them. But it sounds like uh, you know, it sounds like uh, a top-notch facility and everything too. Uh, so, very yeah. clean, very caring. Uh, it's one of those places. If you're in the market for that type of service, you definitely owe it to yourself to go take a tour. Okay, cool. Give us the number one more time. All righty, they can reach Alana Candela at the Real Retreat at 901-563-2210. Okay, so Royal Retreat, welcome to the uh, Tool Talk Radio family. So yeah, can't wait to take you over and show you the place. Oh yeah, uh, all right, Alan, let's uh, let's get to it, my friend. So and now, great moments in building history. Um, we, as we said, if you've listened to, if, I'll, I'll tell you, if you've listened to Tool Talk Radio for a while, we mentioned this in the very first uh, mm. great moments in building history when we discussed the uh, Chicago World's Fair of uh, 1893, which I can never figure out because. They were commemorating uh, 1492, the the you know the anniversary of uh, Christopher Columbus. They they called it the Great Columbian Expedition, and then they celebrated the year after. Go figure. Yeah, well, you know, bad time management or something. I don't, uh, I don't know. Good excuse for a party. Okay. Maybe it's the how much long it took Columbus to settle in America. It's like, all right, you get it t- you get there in 1492. It's like I need a year to kind of unpack. This yeah, place. we're gonna <laughs> unwind and everything like that. So, but Alan, this one, uh, this one is a really interesting. Uh, every th- you know, we don't have to explain what a Ferris wheel is. No. What we will have to explain is the size of this. This was not your little carnival Ferris wheel. This thing. Uh, let's let's just start by saying you could seat 2,100 passengers at a time on this. They had 32 cars each car held 60 passengers it was 286 feet tall and uh to do the wayback machine which i know you love to do <laughs> let's let's talk about this period in history because alan apparently the uh the big focus of uh the big focus of their efforts here was to out eiffel eiffel right i mean the world was very competitive back then, and they're like, okay, well, if we're going to have a steel structure well, at the centerpiece of our fair, it needs to be better than the I, Eiffel Tower. Well, you know, so. we've already talked about the Eiffel Tower once, and you and I both knew that basically nobody wanted it. 
Well, you and, said that. I didn't know that. You yeah, said basically the city nobody paid. wanted this thing mm -hmm. until they got it. Right. Okay. And the minute they got this thing, all of a sudden, everybody else went, well, we don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find it hilarious how, no, we don't want it. No, we don't want it. Oh, yeah. We have one and you don't. Um, Alan, it, it's sorry. Hilarious. At some point, we are definitely going to do a great moments in building history on the Eiffel Tower. But I just want to say, I, in my research, I learned one thing that I was stunned by. They said that the Eiffel Tower was built at a time when they were celebrating. I guess their World's Fair was commemorating the 100th anniversary of the French Revolution, right? Yes. Their original idea was to make like a thousand foot tall guillotine instead yes. of... Who the heck thought that yeah, was well, a good that, idea? <laughs> Not functioning, but still. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So they well, had weird ideas back yeah, then. But anyway, I digress. So. All right. So here is poor Daniel Burnham. He's an architect. And they honestly, they said, they have one. We don't. Mm -hmm. And they gave him one directive. How would you love to get this for your job scope? Yeah. Make no little plans. Right. I mean, it's that's cool, all they told him, right? And said, "There's your piece of, there's your piece of swamp right over there. Mm -hmm. Do something amazing, right? Yeah. Well, uh, the other problem was so uh, if you don't know much about the uh, the World's Fair of, of 1893, you should check it out. It's definitely uh, a fascinating topic, and of it course, is one of the best ones ever. And it, and it spawned one of the best books I've ever mm. read, uh, The Devil in the White City. Absolutely oh, yeah. fascinating. But uh, but Alan, the thing is, they were they you know they had very little time to get the World's Fair going. And the other thing was, um, the problem was that there was a lot. You know, steel was still a more or less new. Right. I mean, Eiffel really revolutionized steel construction, right? But a lot of people, when they when they were given the directive of make this giant steel structure that's probably going to be, you know, that will be torn down, more or less make us a giant temporary structure mm -hmm. comparable and better than the Eiffel Tower, they couldn't get anybody interested. To, they couldn't get any of the uh, architects to, to get excited about it. That was his other challenge, right? Well, of... Well, one thing, he had a slight advantage. He okay. had been to Asbury Park in Atlantic City. Okay. And had seen something called the Roundabout. Ah, okay. And uh, this was, as I recall, made by a carpenter by the name of William Summers. I could be wrong about that, but it's William Summers. And it was basically 50-foot wooden wheels. Mm. And uh, Ferris just kind of went, you know... What if we scaled this up? So he spent about 20... Now, keep in mind, this is 1890. Right. He spent 25 grand of his own money. And this is why I love this guy. Because the first thing he spent it on, he drew out the plans and went for safety engineers. Yeah. And oh, went, there you go. How we, well, wouldn't it be terrible if we built this great big thing and we killed everybody on it? Well, when you look at a Ferris wheel this size... I mean, first of all, this is the first Ferris wheel. Yeah. You would have thought he would have started modestly. Like, okay... We'll put four passengers in a car, nope. not 60. Well, I mean, like I thing... said, he'd seen the roundabout mm -hmm. and went, we can do this. Right. But to give you the scale of this. Oh, oh, can I, sorry, can I just say one thing? Okay. Because you, we're skipping a little bit and there's an important thing. Right, we have. right. We always talk about the spirit of this era where people right. were like, we're doing this. We're just going to do this. Well, yes. one of the things that's fine. Okay, I mentioned earlier that they couldn't get any any engineers and any architects interested in this. Right. Until 
Eiffel volunteered his services. He said, you know what? I know you're in a jam oh. here. I will be happy to uh, tackle this project because he was a master at steel work and he'd right. already, so he, his job was basically to outdo himself. And once the Americans heard about that, they're like, it, 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 it struck their, oh, yeah. their patriotic pride. And they're like, then everybody wanted in on it. And then George Ferris stepped to the front of the line. So yeah. that's what I want to point, you know, they finally got him motivated with that. So, oh yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there's that. Nobody wants it, but we have it now. Now everybody else wants more. Right, right. right. It's just funny how things work, though. You know what I mean? It's like how many egos uh, it, it, you gotta you gotta get them motivated. It's just interesting. Okay. So, okay. so, all right. Here's one fact that will give you the scale of this thing. Yeah. Because it all operated off of an axle. Right. Well, no kidding. The axle. The one axle. Everything's the yeah. one axle. The yep. axle alone was eighty nine thousand. 320 pounds. Right. It's a big act. And so they had to move that. They had Can to you imagine? Yeah. We talk about logistics. Oh, and, and Alan, the other thing was you, you would think if you don't know anything about the World's Fair, you're like, okay, well, because I think they had about three years to do this, which sounds like a lot, but that's not that, with all the building. And so the construction of the Ferris wheel didn't even start till the fair had opened. Right. So you talk about your logistics, you got thousands and thousands of people around in this swampy, you know, mm -hmm. area by the lake, and you got to get this 89, uh, what did you say, 89,000-pound axe. They had ship, they, you know, you had to construct this thing on a fair site. Have fun and with that. the axe And not was, kill anybody. And you had to get it 140 feet in the air. Right. No, 286. Oh, you're talking about the axle. The axle. Right. Just the axle mm -hmm. was, I. so, I mean, just to give you the sheer scale of this, Eiffel chose basically high-rise technology. So you, you know, stack you build, it, you, you build, build, you build, build, you build, you build, right, right. right. Um, and, you know, and he had and, an elevator. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, he, and he also had sense enough to know that steel expanded and contracted, so it was built in such a way that the Eiffel Tower in summer is six inches taller than it is in the winter. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That's it, very it interesting. It grows and shrinks. Was, yeah. Eiffel was an absolute genius all these years later. Mm -hmm. So here is... Two gargantuan towers, 140 feet in the air. There is a 90,000-pound axle. Jeez. And we're going to mount the gondolas around it. Right. Well, it, it, when you see how it's constructed, it's interesting. It's, it starts to look like a you know, like huge. a half moon and a half. And it, but the thing is, in the middle, what's fascinating to me, Alan, it almost reminds me of bicycle spokes. Because you think, yeah. you would think, man, those, those uh, spokes have to be... Much thicker. I don't know. I, mm. I It doesn't look like it should work. <laughs> but it did. And a lot of people felt that way as it was going up. There were some people that were vehemently against this. They yes. said, this is the biggest death trap we've ever seen. It's of, not all, it, it might just tip over and crush everybody. Right. It well, may not even... <laughs> <laughs> it may not even work. Uh, so. They got one of the early proponents, one of the, the guys they got to take a ride in it early to convince people it was safe mm -hmm. was a reporter named Robert Graves. Yeah, wasn't he one of the detractors? Or Yeah, or he, was, he... he was. He okay. was the one that was like, you know, this thing's going to be like going to fling you off into the lake. You're all going to die. So they got him up there and he said that it was like uh, that of revolving through such a vast orbit in a birdcage. Mm, okay. Was that good and or that bad? And it was also an indescribable sensation to see the aerial panorama of the area. 
Because most people have never been that. that high in their lives. You don't see a sky. I mean, right, skyscrapers are just sort of. planes and drones right. and Google Earth. Right. Nobody had ever been more than 100 feet in the air unless you worked iron. Yeah. That makes me think of the way that you said people reacted at the World's Fair, how when they saw electricity, they cried. Oh, yeah. they were These were life-changing uh, yeah, experiences. And it was just basically based on, okay, now I can see a light. Now I'm going 286 feet in the air, that type of thing. So, But, you know, we've all been on a Ferris wheel, I, I like to believe. I'm sure most of us have. In fact, uh, Max, I think you've been on the Chicago Ferris wheel that's pretty tall. It's probably just about as tall as this. And uh, I would... Yes, I have. I'd also be kind of curious to see if there's any been fer any Ferris wheels that have been bigger than this one, like oh, the, the London Eye. Well, I think the one in Dubai is the biggest yeah, that, at the that, moment. But there is this sensation when you're on a Ferris wheel of of climbing. You know, it's 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 almost like flying the, the 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 way it moves you up and everything. And then, especially when you come out and you're coming down because you feel like you're totally exposed and you're. And you're really just out in the middle of no, you're nowhere. Dangling so, in a gondola, yeah. So that sensation would have been totally foreign to people of that era. So The part know. that spoke to me about this whole Ferris wheel discussion is more of the drama that went behind it, where it's like, oh, people wanted to get married in there. Because it's like, all right, you could fit 60 people in yeah. a cab and everything. So it's like, all right, there's the wedding party. There's the pastor. All right, let's get this wedding going. Right. Yeah, yeah they, people were... I mean, well... You, you would have to say it was a huge... We'll get to that in a minute, but well, it was a huge success. Uh, uh, sort of. Um, in terms... Well, not for not for Ferris, but, not but, for Ferris, but what I want to no. say is, um, Alan, what was interesting was the day... So they got the thing built, and then they um, they hadn't added... They hadn't attached the cars, which right. uh, I don't remember if... Uh, I don't know if I've, I've, I wrote down the full weight of this thing. I want to say it's like a million and a half... I don't even remember how much it, it weighs a lot. This whole thing weighs yep. about a million and a half pounds or something this like that. This is not light. But um, they what was interesting was, so this thing's under construction for months, and uh, they went they wanted to fire it up and test it before they started attaching the cars. And when they did, apparently, I, I think there was a reporter there. And you got to keep in mind, this thing's been out in the, it, it's right by Lake Michigan. Yep. It's been out in the elements. So they fired it up. The first thing that happened is all of these, Nuts and bolts and wrenches that people either dropped or forgot to whatever. Now they're rotating and they started raining, raining. down. Yeah, and so that freaked everybody out. And then when they were going to, uh, and then when they were going to uh, test the braking system, it it apparently let off this horrific sound, and uh, it yep. was it was pretty ear splitting and everything. But what it was was basically there was a, a coat of rust on there that they were that the the discs were breaking it off. You know, so it wasn't really a bad thing, but. Apparently, it, it didn't do much to calm people's nerves. No, so. no. Uh, it, was there it, ever, the PR was not good. I <laughs> know. Was yeah. there ever an instance where the RPMs were actually amped up and like the Ferris wheel at like at a, at a high <laughs> no, speed? No, not not at this weight. Uh, they were worried about it actually getting up to speed. Right, right. And 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 we should say the speed of this thing was because because once once it was open and they loaded everybody up, two rotations took 20 minutes, which yes. uh, that's pretty good. You know, two, I don't know what the math is, how many miles this per is, hour that this is. This is back in an era where it's like, oh, you're going to die if you go on a train because it's so fast. Yes. Yeah, that's true. People thought that way. At 35 miles an hour, your body will be crushed. Yes. Right. So there were a lot of, there was a lot of trepidation about this. I'm amazed it even got built. Like, well, I, I could see something like this being built on a half that scale, but man, Two, this is big. That's a what? That's a twenty-story building. Almost. Yeah, that's I mean, 240, 250 some odd feet clearance with yeah. 
this is massive, absolutely massive. But it did. It they did get it loaded up, and and as we said, once it opened, so it cost fifty cents to ride this thing, and apparently, um, so the the basic breakdown was, um, in the course of however many months it was there, a million and a half people rode yep. this thing. I mean, that's yep. just nonstop, right? I mean, you might, yeah, imagine just, the we've lined up at like you know what Disneyland or something like that. Imagine the line for that, because every time they change it out, it's too. 2,100 people. Well, and every keep in mind how long it took to load and unload each gondola because each right. gondola was 60 people. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you would have been on this thing probably almost an hour, right? I mean, they yeah, load it. it I, what I was wondering is do they load it, get everybody loaded, rotate it twice, and then clear everybody yep. out? But, yep. Okay. So there was, th there, this was a lengthy time period. Okay. That, it, you know, if you were the last gondola loaded, you probably spent a good hour in that gondola. Well, you could see why people, you know, tried to do their weddings and stuff up there. Oh, you there had time. You could so. have. They, there were lunches and brunches and all kind. I mean, oh, they had like there champagne were concerts and stuff. And they, there were crazy things going on in these gondolas. So, uh, welcome to it. And uh, at the end of it, of poor Ferris apparently didn't pay all of his bills, so he got sued a bunch of times. Well, um, and, and, finally, and he didn't get paid either on a lot of stuff. Yeah. He didn't. He was supposed to make a percentage of that uh, money back, and they, they apparently there was finances that. Yeah, there, there was some bad stuff. And then the poor guy catches typhoid fever and dies at age thirty-seven. Right. Of and a his wrecking wife left company and, yeah, yeah. bought the wheel and sold it to the Louisiana Purchase Exposition in St. Louis. Yeah, like three years later, right? And they, they, they tore it down and then reassembled it. Yeah. Well, no, because it turned out to be too big of a pain to try to move it. So it got dynamited into scrap. Wait, 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 Alan. I think we're after the exposition, two years after the, yeah. the St. Louis exposition. Okay, because they did move it. They, yeah, that was they the did, other thing. He had but to, they didn't move it again. Well, you know, we should say he, he in terms of uh, engineering Marvel, this was because he had to build it. On site, so this thing had to be assembled and with a view to disassembling because they knew it was a temporary right. structure, and he was not about to just um, you know blow the thing up. I mean, initially that, that the plan was maybe this thing gets reused over and over, which it did. In well, Saint it was, gonna, Louis, it was but, supposed to move from exposition to exposition, but but eventually uh, the cost of moving it and everything yeah. was too much. But but yeah, you know, we talked about um, a few weeks ago when we talked about that basket uh, building, you know, yes. the basket company. Uh, the, this is the same thing. This was a great achievement. I mean, people still know the Ferris wheel today. It, yes. It's known worldwide. However, it took its toll on him because it cost him his business. Yes, he, it did. Because while you're building the Ferris wheel, all of your other work is. You're not doing anything the, else. You're That's not generating sure. any right. money. Uh, like I said, is he, he had personal tragedies with his wife and everything. And then the poor guy gets sick and dies at what? 37. Yep. So, but, uh, well, so I don't know though. I mean, in the big scheme of things, he's still... He is he's, still immortalized in one of the trademark features yeah. of any adventure world, theme park, or other such. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Hang got a Ferris wheel. The other parks are going to pick on you. Yeah, that's true. Because you don't have one. It is the centerpiece. And uh, so it, it was a great moment in building history. Uh, but, you know, like we said, Alan, these great moments are not always... Uh, sunshine and daisies <laughs> at the end so but uh folks check out the video if you want to I, I linked a really awesome video uh 
It's about 23 minutes, pretty comprehensive, and it gives you a little backstory on the whole World's Fair and especially the Ferris wheel. So, uh, so check it out. So, um, Alan, hey, let's uh, let's shift gears once again, sir, because uh, like I said, we have to mix things up today. Alrighty. All right, so let's get to our must-have item of the week, which is pretty simple, but it's 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 handy. And tell so tell people what you I'm holding. You have up. the pocket tape measure. Uh, yeah, it's a pot. So it's this little round. And I, yep. I remember seeing my mom working with these things back in the For day. For sewing and stuff. You usually saw those around the house. Because this thing is only about a three-foot tape measure. It's a, it's about like two inches in diameter. Right. It's got a little red button in the middle to uh, lock it and to spring load the thing. But it's flexible. You know, because, I mean, Alan, I'm sure you, you, like me, have several tape measures. Because sometimes you need them. Mm-hmm. I have a 100-foot tape measure. And I have 30-foot. I have whatever. But... Uh, I like this because it is flexible. The flexibility is the key to well, me. And you cloth, can stick it in your pocket. Right. It is a cloth. And actually, you see those used a ton in medical. Oh, for what? Measuring around things. I was going to say because you can wrap it oh, around a diameter. Around You're trying to find out what somebody's wrist diameter is because we got to buy a, a device to go on it and find out you got a six-inch wrist. There okay. You and, and you can probably, yeah. I guess you could measure your head if you got to know what size hat to buy, or uh, or well, in medical we're always looking at some kind of padding or device, and we need to know what size you need. Mm-hmm. So those are very very useful. I like it because you can take it somewhere. Um, like if you're going to, uh, you know, if you, if you're buying yourself a new chair or something, or you're bu- maybe a little table or something. Sometimes you just you don't want to carry your big tape measure around, and you can keep it in your pocket. Right. You go there and you're because. Um, uh, you, you may get it. You may need the exact height on something or the exact width. So as long as it's three feet or under, I guess you're in business. But sometimes too, uh, have you ever been in the plumbing aisle where, um, for whatever, you, you just need to know an exact diameter of that PVC pipe or something. And uh, on more than one occasion, <laughs> for more than one really strange job. Well, where you either need to know the exact measurement from outside edge to outside edge or inside edge to inside edge. Yeah, because yeah. I've, 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 I've had times, and I'm sure you've done this, where you almost have a Frankenstein-type project where oh, yeah. over in this section, I got to get the PVC pipe, and then I got to attach it to the uh, sheet metal stuff that I've yep. that I've rigged over here in the other section. And when you have a nice little portable tape measure like this, it, it, it just makes it easy to, uh, you know, navigate and easy to figure out. So that's it. Pretty simple. Probably cost five bucks, you yep. know. Probably cheap, you probably have wonderful. to go get it at the fabric store, though. I'm yes. thinking. I don't know that I've seen this at the uh, at the big box store. No. Okay. Well, Alan, uh, hour one of Tool Talk Radio is in the can, but uh, never fear, folks. Hour two is coming up, and uh, we're looking forward to because we're going to be visiting with our good buddy Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I think I just blew Larry's air out. Uh, You can call or text us at the uh, Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. I skipped everything, Alan. Okay. Let's, let's regroup here. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry, and Woodturning here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com, our pal Max over there behind the glass, and the man who keeps the lights on over here, uh, Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration. So, Larry, sorry, man. I think I blasted you out with that little greeting. So, uh, 
Well, my hearing will probably come back in a week. It'll be all right. Good well, morning. How are you? We've always been told to project, so you know. Hey, Larry, uh, we're on camera, and uh, you know we've got a new uh, a new sponsor. Yes, uh, yes. The cameras are being brought to you by the Royal Retreat Assisted Living. Yeah. So, so they're part of the the uh, the new Tool Talk the Tool Talk Radio family, Larry. So watch your P's and Q's. You're on camera, sir. If you guys have always wondered what Larry Brown looks like, or <laughs> what any of us look like, or what this uh, beautiful studio looks like, I'll, I'll tell you this: we've got faces for radio, Alan, yeah. but the. Uh, the studio has a, a face for, for television. You can go to the News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, and uh, check it out and watch the watch the show unfold live on camera. We, so. we look like we've worked for a living. I prefer <laughs> how the sausage is made. Yeah. I noticed Max turned his camera off. Oh, yeah. Strategically. So, Larry. Uh, the only what, young, good-looking guy in the room. What have you been up to? I'm sure it's been a very slow and uh, uneventful time in the uh, air conditioning game, right, sir? So, oh, yeah. We've just yeah. been sitting around the office <laughs> playing, playing dominoes and, you know, having having some lemonade out on the patio mm. and stuff like that. You know, it's been, been real calm. So. so the reality is you need three more trucks and you need to... <laughs> I've been seeing your trucks around town, uh, Larry. I don't know. Well, we've been really busy. Uh you know, obviously trying to get a lot of our, uh, you know, tune-ups done, people's mm-hmm. air conditioners ready to go for the summer. Um, that's kind of like what we do this time of year is just trying to get our bodies uh, service and maintenance done uh, before the hot weather gets here. And, you know, next week it's supposed to be in the 80s. So you know what happens in Memphis when it oh, gets yeah. to the 80s. It won't be one day. It'll just all of a sudden, boom! It'll be in the nineties, mm-hmm. and then we'll be. It'll be hot weather until probably October. So yep. you know you you, you got to plan ahead and uh, make sure that you know you're keeping your AC unit ready to go because I can promise you it will get hot. Well, Larry, you know when I'm out uh, when I'm out in the field, and because I I we always talk about you. We talk about you know the importance of your HVAC system and people. Uh, well, we always equate it with having a if you have if you have a really top notch car mechanic, you're going to stick with them for life because you need somebody to not only you know for those catastrophic repairs, but just the tune ups. Uh, you know, you need that. Well, I've been asked what 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 do you actually do for a tune up for a you know for an air conditioning unit, and uh, I think it's actually a pretty good question. So. Well, it is a great question, and so basically, our our tune up would include you know we clean your condenser coil, which is the coil outside that you know that would get you know gets dirty, needs to be cleaned. So uh, we also change your filter, uh, just common sizes. We bring we we bring the filters you know with us. We change them out. Uh, we check the refrigerant level or the Freon level, which most people know it as. Uh, we t- tighten all your electrical connections. Uh, we do put some um, uh, small chlorine tablets in your drain line, so that'll help keep any algae or uh, any kind of blockage. And then we just do basically a general inspection of your system. So we're looking at not only the air co- heating and air conditioning equipment, we look at the ductwork. So, you know, we visually inspect all your ductwork. Maybe there's something happened in uh, this winter. Maybe some uh, some kind of critter got up in your attic. Maybe there's some ductwork damage that you don't know about that we're going to see while we're there. So, um, and then, you know, obviously, uh, we just make sure the unit's operating at peak efficiency. Right, yeah. I've seen some ductwork uh, issue. You've seen that. Mm. Somebody sits on a duct. 
somebody, uh, an animal chews through it or whatever, and it's just blowing that air right up into the attic. Or Absolutely. So, and, yeah. and a lot of, you know, you know yeah. most homes now are done with flex duct or flexible duct. And uh, it's it's a pretty good product, but it, it's not too good for, for critters like varmints or any kind of like raccoons, squirrels. can pretty much chew right through it. Yeah. So when they do, it's, it's, it's going to be leaking a lot of uh, warm or cold air into your attic, and you're paying for you know, to produce that air, whether it's cold air or, or hot air, you're, you know, it's costing you money to produce and you're just blowing it into the attic. So it's almost equated to like having your window open while you're running your heating and air conditioning system. So, you know, we, we try to make sure that all that's, that's, uh, in, in good shape. And then, you know, again, we do all the steps to make sure your unit is running as efficiently as possible. Yeah. I've seen, man, you, I don't know the duck stuff. I feel like that alone is important because it's very subtle. Sometimes, like I, I was on a job. I think uh, Larry, you guys sent, uh, you guys had to come over and fix. Well, my midtown job. You've been over there right. like three times because mm -hmm. she keeps updating things. But uh, man, there was one duck where it was it was loose over there by the connection. Uh, you you wouldn't see it unless you knew what to look for. It was uh it was it came loose by the uh, vent into the ceiling and everything. And mm -hmm. it man, it was just uh. For one thing, things can crawl in there and then oh, yeah. get into your ceiling, but uh, mm -hmm. you guys nip that in the bud. So well, and and also, Joe, is if you know there is a return or what what is basically the inlet of the you know ductwork. So if that gets compromised, then you're going to be pulling in attic air. Mm -hmm. It's going to be dusty. It's going to be hot. You're introducing all that dust and um, contaminants into your home to where you know. Obviously, that's going to even make them a, a, a bigger problem because now you've got a lot of dust and debris in your home. Oh yeah, all that. So not only are you bringing in hot or cold air into your into your return, but you're bringing all the dust and contaminants in. Hey, uh, we're talking to our good buddy Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration, and Larry, uh, I uh, we didn't mention you always. Whenever you come on the air with us, you always have these really awesome specials. So let's throw those out there because listeners may want to take advantage of that. So well, what do we got today, my friend? Well, you know, just with that theme of uh, you know your your tune up, we're offering a uh, our tune up service special, uh, seventy nine ninety nine for e for your first unit, thirty nine ninety nine for each additional unit. So if you got two, three, four, five, just do the math. We'll we'll come out and tune it up just like we discussed, and uh, get you get you ready for the summer. If you're in the market for a new train heating and air conditioning unit, we're offering 24 months no interest financing on a new train system. We're also going to throw in a free programmable thermostat, a free media filter, and a free 10 year parts parts warranty. So uh, also. Right now, we do have some rebates on certain systems. You can get up to $500 rebate from train. And there are some federal tax credits out there on particular systems. So uh, those are available depending on what unit you choose. Um, so, you know, it's a great time to buy a heating and air conditioning unit. Take advantage of all these great um, great offers. Um, the next thing is $100 off on a Remy Halo. So uh, if you're interested in the Remy Halo, Give us a call. We're offering $100 off on that and also $100 off on our duct cleaning services. So if you want to take advantage of any of these offers, just give us a call at 901-362-1881. Or you can check us out on the web at brownref.com 
or you can check us out on Facebook. Uh, you know, give us a call. We're glad to glad to speak with you. Glad to help you any way we can. You guys have a pretty active Facebook page, but uh, my ears perked up at something, uh, Larry, because um, you said something about federal tax credit, and sometimes people hear that, and uh, I don't know, uh, Alan, do you do your own taxes? Or, oh no, oh no, Larry, do you do your own taxes? Absolutely not. Okay, I do my own taxes because I learned long ago that uh, I'm more aggressive at taking, like, like when I do my taxes, I pull out the book, I look at every mm -hmm. new law that came out, and I'll tell you one thing that, um, one of the reasons I do my own taxes because I want to take advantage of every, you know, now I have simpler books probably to keep than you do, Larry. However, I've learned that these federal tax credits can, if you know, if if you know what you're uh, doing can be pretty substantial. I mean, like I get a, I get a great credit because I work out of my house, but uh, this this federal tax credit is interesting to me. Do you know much about this? Or well, yes, there's been a big push for electrical, uh, uh, you know, going over to electric heating. Okay. Okay. So when I say that, it's like to instead of using natural gas or other fossil fuels, is to switch over to like do a heat pump. Mm. A lot of people say, "Oh, well, heat pumps. Uh, heat pumps are really good." Uh, they they heat uh, really well down to maybe 30 degrees. Okay. And then after that, they kind of struggle a little bit. What you can do is put a dual fuel system in. So you have a heat pump with a gas furnace. And so you, and then we can set it up to where at 30 degrees, if it goes below 30 degrees, we can you can use the gas furnace. Above 30 degrees, it would use the heat pump. And, um, you know, that way you're taking advantage of the best of both worlds. Uh, then you'd also qualify for the tax credit. Um, in some states, which I was reading earlier th this morning, uh, New York has basically uh, pretty much banned natural gas and any new new construction. Huh. So everything's you need new homes, new commercial buildings. Uh, it's going to be all electric. Sounds so, like a hybrid, like a hybrid vehicle. Kind of, uh, it's kind of like a hybrid vehicle, you know, like, um, you know, there's been a huge push to, you know, for electric vehicles, uh, everything to be electric, get away from fossil fuels. So I don't think there's much, as much of a push locally in Tennessee as there are other states, mm -hmm. but you know, it is, there are federal tax credits you can take advantage of, and it really will help you on your heating and cooling costs. But your heating costs because you're able to heat in the mild conditions with heat pump, much more economical to operate. And then only when you need it to get in the cold temperatures, you do have the gas furnace. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. My ear, I'm, I'm, I, my ears are perking up because uh, look, I've already had Larry over at the house, Alan, because uh, we're way overdue. Our, we have sort of an antique uh, HVAC system at our house, and when Larry saw it, he tried <laughs> not to laugh. I love Larry's face with that one. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of like, antiques, like kind yeah. word, we, Joe. But <laughs> this, this new, uh, this new um, federal tax credit is even more incentive, so this is cool. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, and there's and there really is, um, you know, a federal tax credit. And obviously, what you do is that when you you purchase the system, we'll give you all the necessary documents you need, and then when you file your taxes for twenty three back in twenty four, you have a tax credit, and it's, I think it's up to twenty five hundred dollars. That's nothing okay. to sneeze at, man. Yeah, that's so pretty serious. You, yeah, to yeah. help you, you know, offset the cost of you know putting this system in. So. Uh, it's real money. It's a real program. 
Uh, and, you know, we again, we provide you all the proper documentation that you need. Um, and you don't have to send that in with your tax form, but if you got audited, you know, you would need that documentation, right? So you yep. got to make sure you got all the paperwork to back up your tax form. So Yeah. I don't know, man. You talked about real money, and I guess that's why I like, uh, uh, you know, that's one of the things about the HVAC system. If it runs well, you literally, I mean, you are literally saving money every month, and it at, at the end of the year, you're going to notice that, and that's that's money you're keeping. So it really, uh, an efficient HVAC system will pay for itself. It will. Um, you know, our average, if we tell, if we change out a 20-year-old system, and we put in a new, you know, 19, uh, 2023 modern system. Average is about $75 a month in energy savings. Yeah. That's just what we got back from our customers. So if you start thinking about that, you know, that's, that's 800 plus dollars a year. Right. And, you know, in 10 years, you're going to, you know, probably pay for the system. Uh, that's based on current utility costs. You know, if the utilities go up, then you're going to even save more money. Yeah. So... And then also you got to think about there's not, you know, it's under warranty parts for 10 years. So you're not going to have any repair bills you know, that you're maybe chunking money into an old system, 20 years old. You may be having to, uh, you know, do a little stuff to it, put some refrigerant in it, do, you know, there's little par parts and stuff. So you, you don't have any of that involved. So it is a win-win uh, by, by changing your system out getting a more modern heating and air conditioning unit. You, you just made, sorry. Did you have any questions, Alan? Because he makes me, he always gives me these, uh, I'm triggering. Uh, you talked about uh, refrigerant because uh, back in, you know, back when we were changing over from what was it, the R, uh, R34? R22. R22. Mm -hmm. You were warning us years in advance that you have to plan for this. And uh, that happened, what, three, year, three years ago? January 1, 2020. Okay. So, so no, it, that date you could no longer manufacture or import R22 into the United States. There is still some around, you know, stop, you know, people have it stocked. I still have a little bit, but it is fading quickly. And once that's gone, it's gone. So if you have an R22 system, which there's literally tens of thousands of them still out there, you yeah, sure need to I think wonder. about. Um, you know, making a planned event to get get that old system out and putting something in that's more modern. It's going to not only save you money in operating costs, but it's going to save you money if there was any kind of a repair bill because R22 is like, it's almost like buying gold now. Mm. It, it is super expensive and, you know, obviously it's going to be expensive to the end user. Yeah, I wondered about that. Like if we've totally transitioned over or if there's still... Hold oh, out. No. There's you still know. lots of those old units out there. Absolutely. Lots of tens of thousands, if not millions of those systems out there. Uh, one thing that I don't think that, um, you know, our government did a good job was actually informing the public about this. Uh, and they kind of created this, this rule or law that, um, you know, affected pretty much everybody in America, but they didn't tell anybody about it. So. Yeah. I mean, we all have air conditioning units, so. Yeah, but they weren't very good at, uh, you know, publicizing or informing, the, the you know, the public about this. So a lot of people are kind of shocked and say, well, why didn't they say, why didn't, why wouldn't I'm informed about this, uh, so on and so forth. Well, you know, they're, they can make a law and there's, they're not required to tell you about it. 
Um, but you know, you'll figure it out on your own when you need a, you know, an air conditioner repair, right? Now, if they listened to Tool Talk Radio, they would have known That's about right. this years ago. Right? Right? We started started talking. I was telling everybody about this in, in two, um, 2017, 2018, <clears> 2019. <throat> it really, it was, it really happened. And um, so this has been over, you know, over three years ago. And R22 is very scarce and very expensive. Can I, uh, not to, ch but you know, it's not, we, we don't get you in the, in the studio enough, Larry. I mean, I know you, you, you duty calls, but, uh, you know, when you're here, I have all these questions and stuff. So, uh, I'm kind of curious, what, what would you say your biggest, uh, I don't want to say pet peeve, but what are some of the most preventable problems that people create for themselves with their HVAC system that when you, you walk up, you know, you and your techs walk up and you're like, just shaking your head, you know, they, why did they do this? Or what are, what are some of the, the things people should be avoiding? Well, just not at this routine maintenance, you know, you'll, uh, sometimes we go to customers and they'll go, we'll say, um, well, when's the last time you changed your filter filter? What, it has a filter <laughs> and you know, literally it hadn't been changed for three or four years. Oh, wow. So what do you think is going to be, you know, the filter is going to be clogged. It's going to cause problems with your unit. Yeah. So just basic maintenance is probably the my biggest pet peeve is because you know you got to kick you got to anything like that your automobile your air conditioner you got to do some type of maintenance to it or or you're going to have a major problem and sometimes it's um, the lack of maintenance has turned a small issue into a large issue. So now you burn your compressor up. Yeah. Just like a car, if you don't take your car and have regular oil changes, what's going to happen? You're going to damage the engine. Season and engine then you're up. going to be looking at thousands of dollars. Yeah. A lot of it seems like it's just very preventive. I mean, uh, don't stack everything next to your HVAC unit outside, right? You know, it has to breathe. It needs Absolutely. a, a gotta, blast radius around it. Right. So, well, yeah. you know, it's usually like a couple feet around the unit. So and if you put some bushes or something around it, you know, bushes are... You know, most of those are like 80% air anyway. So right. it's, as long as you just keep it trimmed back, you're fine. But, you know, if you decide to put a fence around it, mm. don't build the fence like four inches from your unit because it's going to have a problem. So just uh, use a little common sense and, and have them serviced. And they'll last for a long time. Uh, but, you know, if you don't have it serviced and you don't keep take care of it, uh, you know, you're 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 headed for a disaster. Uh, so, how do people get in touch with Brown Refrigeration, sir? It's a nine zero one three six two one eight eight one is our phone number. So give us a call. We have real human beings that answer the <laughs> answer the phone. You're not going to have to be prompted to press one to go to the, you know oh or my two. Gosh, yes, uh, you know it'll be a real person that answers the phone, and uh, we'll help you any way we can. Or you know if you just want to check out some really good information. You can go to our website at brownref.com. There's lots of good information on there. A lot of um, just, you know, how our air conditioners works. we got videos, got product data, all that. But, um, you know, there's a lot of, again, a lot of information on there that you can just browse through. Okay. It hey, Larry, before we hit the break, can you give us one more time? Because you always offer some great specials. So what are the specials if people want to take advantage of this? So. Well, we're offering our service special tune-up today. Uh, $79.99 for each unit, uh, $39.99 for each additional unit. So your first unit, $79.99. Each additional unit is 
If you're interested in a new, new train, heating, and air conditioning unit, a 24 months, no interest financing, we're going to throw in a free program with thermostat, a free media filter, and a free 10-year parts warranty. Also, there's some rebates uh, that you might qualify for, uh, not only equipment, but federal. Um, so, you know, give us a call, 901-362-1881, if we can help you. Yeah, and I'm definitely going to be uh, researching this federal tax credit because uh, that, that got my attention. I mean, <laughs> that's real money, sir. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's real money that, that you can, you know, use to pay for your new heating and air conditioning system. Okay. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. So uh, I... I now I, I think Larry, I don't know if we have time for you to drop by my house today, but uh, it's uh, we need to revisit well, this thing. My so, wife yeah. has me the rest of the day doing yard work. So okay, yeah, it sounds about. I'd right. be glad to come by if you want to go cut grass. I'll go by your house. Okay? Yeah, let's skip that. Okay. Hey, you're listening to Tool Talk Radio here on News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break, then we're going to uh, switch gears. We're going to share our first home improvement projects. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Okay, you know what? Shut up. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Yeah, <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> yeah, we've all Gets right to the point. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com, our pal Max over there behind the glass, and our uh, the man who keeps the lights on around here, Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we invite you to go over to Tool Talk Radio's Facebook page. Uh, check out the action over there. And uh, once you've liked the page and checked out the uh, posts we've made, scoot on over to the uh, News Talk 98.9, the Roar of Me uh, Memphis uh, Facebook page. And you can see uh, you can see the show, Alan. The yes. Royal Retreat Studio Cam is on. And uh, if, if that's your thing, if you want to see what it looks like in mm. here with with us doing the show, there you go. So. <laughs> not not well, real. The studio is beautiful. I don't know about the participants. Yeah, well, the other content. than Max, yeah, I get who turned his camera off. Larry's yeah. been uh, making faces in the camera uh, the whole time, <laughs> trying to distract us. You can see, you know, what a what a what it looks like here behind the scenes. So, but uh, Larry, uh, we've been uh, we've been talking to you about HVAC maintenance, about taking advantage of these uh, these great deals, especially the uh, federal tax credit that's coming out. So, before we move on to other topics, one more time, because if people just tuned in, you always offer really great specials for our listeners, and I feel like we we need to mention that one more time. So, okay, sure. So, um, you know, we're offering our spring tune-up special. Uh, $79.99 for your first unit, $39.99 for each additional unit. So if you got two, three, four, five units, you can just do the math, come out and service them, get them ready for the summer. Or if you're in the market for a new train heating and air conditioning unit, uh, we're offering 24 month, no interest financing. Uh, uh, we're going to throw in a free programmable thermostat, a free media filter, and a free 10-year parts warranty on any system you purchase. Uh, additionally, some of the units or some of the systems do qualify for uh, rebates from train manufacturers rebates, as well as the federal tax credit rebates. So uh, we'd be glad to discuss that in detail, uh, depending on your particular needs. Um, also, we're offering $100 off on our Remy Halos. So that's a great product, knocking 100 bucks off on that. 
and also, you know, to get your your home ready for the spring, you know, spring cleaning, you know, you get, you clean everybody traditionally cleans, you know, does a lot of extra cleaning in the spring, uh, get those ducks clean. Um, you know, you'd be surprised at how that will help with the dust and, um, you know, there's pollen in the air. Oh yeah. Well, that gets oh, your, boy, that gets yeah. in your duck work. It doesn't leave. So when you walk in, you've got it on your shoes, your clothes. It gets in your home. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to get that stuff out of your home uh, if you don't clean your duck work. So we're on, offered a hundred dollars off on our duck cleaning service. So if you're interested in any of these services, just give us a call at 901-362-1881. Or you can check us out on the web at brownref.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook. We've got a really nice Facebook page, and uh, we try to update it daily. So uh, just check it out. There's some Sometimes there's specials on there, too. So anyway, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call if we can help you in any way. Okay, sounds good, man. Hey, also, uh, in a minute, we're going to share our uh, home improvement story. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to share stories of the first home improvement project we ever did. We're not including painting. We're not including changing the uh, (laughs) handles in your kitchen cabinets, Alan. I know you like to go for the mundane stuff, but uh, no, like what was the first genuine, really, you know, major Mm -hmm. improvement you made to your first home? Because I think that says a lot about your priorities and, you know, it's a kind of a little insight and we right. if you've got something like that you want to share share it over at our uh, facebook page or send us a, a text at the big m roofing and remodeling hotline 901-683-0989 in fact before we get to that alan let's talk about our good buddy jay hill with big m roofing and remodeling oh, yes uh larry you know we've got you guys on speed dial if it, it, it a week doesn't go by where one of us isn't you know calling you or or our good buddy jay hill uh, well that's good you know we, yeah. we obviously uh we love to hear from y'all and uh, appreciate, you know, business that you send us. But also, it's just great to make, meet new people, make new friends. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, if you want to meet new <laughs> if you want to meet new people and make friends, <laughs> Jay Hill is a very dynamic personality, as we've said. You know, he uh, if you're bored, just call the guy at, you know, 11 o'clock at night and talk about. Yeah, sports he gets excited. Or, yeah, he, does, he doesn't care. So but but what he specializes in is the exterior protection of your home from top to bottom. Mm. roofing gutters siding windows they also uh, specialize in remodeling but he's really zeroed in on the exterior protection and especially when it comes to uh, roofing what i like is uh you know uh, larry you work with train that's sort of your exclusive uh, partnership right he has an exclusive partnership with gaf because uh they really are at the cutting edge of roofing technology and these roofing systems and alan are we pretty soon we're going to be doing these solar roofs right i mean yeah they're it's it's a product that is rolling out as we speak. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's going to be, you know, so when you want to stay at the cutting edge, you want to work with the best. So GAF, he is a master elite installer, five stars with the Better Business Bureau and good housekeeping. But also what sets Jay apart is the fact that he is a former insurance agent. So, man, there are situations where you, you may have uh, uh, damage to your roof or to your home that is covered by your homeowner's insurance. And you don't want to just pick up the phone and call your homeowner's insurance and say, by the way, I have this uh, 
problem. What you really need is you need an advocate. And yes, Jay is an he's ideally placed to be that advocate. So let's suppose you've got an issue with uh, with your roof. Well, you get our buddy Jay Hill on the phone. You get him to come out and do a free consultation. And by the end of that visit, you will know what your path forward is, which, man, information is key. Alan, you and I had our roof replaced we did. with an insurance claim. And it's there's such a peace of mind that comes from that. Not only does it uh, save you a lot of money, but also every time it rains, you know, man, it's just this is a lifetime <laughs> transferable warranty. This roof is guaranteed for life. It is. If I have a problem, I'll call Jay twenty years from now and get it and get it fixed. So uh, you cannot beat the service. You, um, they they install roofing systems, and the, the same goes for their uh, gutters, siding, and windows as well. So uh, get in touch with Jay. You can call him directly at nine zero one four eight four five six four five, or go to Big M Roofing and Remodeling dot com. If I have one little beef with Jay, though, I, I your your website's a lot easier to say, Larry. I mean. Who yeah. came up with Brown REF? That's uh, it, well, uh, Jay's is a mouthful. That's a long story. <laughs> we were actually going to do BRI, which was Brown Brown Refrigeration Incorporated. So that's what we wanted to get, but unfortunately, some uh, mental institution in New York already had that, so we couldn't <laughs> get it. So uh, you so didn't want to cross those strings, no, did you? No, no, no. no that no, gets so. confusing. I like Brown REF. I think uh, but, you know, we came up with brownref.com, and it's pretty easy to remember. And um, uh, sometimes, like you say, there is, you know, when people come up with their websites, it's it's pretty pretty much of a mouthful when you, when you say it's difficult to remember. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a lot easier if you have a website that is easy to remember, uh, you know, and it's, and, but there's obviously in today's world, there's a lot less availability out there too. You know why? Because of people like Alan, Alan buys up website domains and sits on them until he can sell them for, you know, $10,000 or whatever, but, uh, that's no, a good deal, man. On know. the upside though, Brown, uh, I mean, uh, big, big M roofing and remodeling.com tells you exactly what the company does. So just kid, I like to tease Jay, you know, whatever, yeah. but, uh, all right, let's shift gears before I get in trouble. So, uh. Max, uh, hit it, man. So. I actually have an interjection because it's um, a, oh. a question from a listener, if oh, you don't okay. mind. Sounds good. So I'm just going to call them um, a 335 because they're, they don't have a name. Oh, okay. They said, I decided to change the theme in my space bathroom, spare bathroom. I started removing the toilet paper holder. Apparently, the builder never expected anyone to do that. So I now have a 9x9 nine nine hole in my wall. What tools do I need and how do I repair it? Oh, very interesting. So they got a whole... Now, I'd be curious if they pulled it. It's a bathroom. It could be tile or it could be sheetrock or... I mean, I guess I'm wondering what, what they pulled this out of. You know what I mean? So... Or how old the home is. This sounds like to me, if, if, I, had to, if I had to assume, this sounds like a home that was built at least before 1970 don't you think i mean do they they don't even do this anymore right these big ins these big tile insert things so yeah it's like a recessed uh paper holder instead yep. of being surface mounted it was like recessed in the wall and so when you pull it out there's a big hole in the wall yeah, big right. hole in the wall of i mean I, the biggest thing here is you're going to be replacing wall right so one what are you putting back in Obviously, we're not putting the big porcelain holder back in. Right. So, are we doing a surface mount? So, if we're doing a surface mount at this point, boy, welcome to my last three weeks. You're going to be putting in some sheetrock. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you have a couple of choices. You can go ahead 
and cut the edges of that hole out to the studs. Just take your little... Oh, you're going nuclear, huh? Yeah. Well, it, well, the thing is, we're going to have something that needs some support. Right. It's like, because we're going to put something that people are going to tug on. Hopefully, they're not going to tug on it hard, mm -hmm. but people do have pets, and pets pull on things. Uh, so, you can just trim that out to the studs, give yourself about half an inch on either side, cut you a new piece of sheetrock, seat it in, mud it, tape it, sand it, make it look pretty, paint it up, and now you can surface mount whatever you want. Okay. I have a, a gritty street level repair for this uh, situation. What, Larry? What do you do in this situation? Do you? Uh... Well, I'd probably go online and see if I could find a bigger paper holder that would cover the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! It's done. I, I like mean, that answer. You could do that. You could stick a piece of wood. Okay. So my my other my and and the the one thing, dear listener, if you go on YouTube, you're gonna see how the, you're gonna probably find tons of videos on how this is done. Some are gonna be better than others. Oh, yes. you know, as far as that goes. Now we're assuming it's going over sheetrock. We don't really know, right. but uh, because if it's tile, that's its own issue. I think they know? said it. Yeah, it's going over sheetrock. Okay, okay. so uh, if I hope I can paint a picture here. One one of the things I've done, Alan, in the past is if I don't, well, you may not have room to cut from stud to stud or maybe right. you know i don't know it just depends in that case you're gonna have to back yeah. brace the hole right so what mm -hmm. i'll do is i'll take a, a usually a nice size um i'll take like a piece of i don't know pine like a, a three and a half inch uh well, well we call it a one by four even though it's three and a half inches right. by three quarters or something i'll cut it about uh let's suppose this hole is i don't know six inches if it's about a six inch hole i'll cut it to be uh, about 18 inches believe right. it or not and then you basically, you put it in there. And one thing I've learned is you take like some tape or you take some string and you wrap it around the middle of it because you have to pull it towards you while you're. Yes. So I don't, I, I hope I can describe this, but basically you pull the piece of wood snugly inside the stud. So you're, I mean, inside the sheetrock and then you screw it in carefully, not over tightening because if you over tighten, you're going to poke a hole. And, right. and then you. Sometimes I've glued, I've taken like construction adhesive, I've glued a piece of sheetrock onto there, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. or I'll screw it in, and then. Uh, but don't put too many screws. And um, uh, the reason I do an eighteen inches so it disperses the 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 weight, and then float it out. And uh, I would not put the toilet paper holder right over that repair because that's asking for trouble. Scoot it over a foot one way or another. I think so. Under, well, I mean, depends. that's my personal opinion. Or if you can hit a stud, that's better. Right. So. Well, uh, what I've done in the past is of uh, the infamous paint stick. Paint mm -hmm. sticks are good. Man, Although the paint screws sticks will are wonderful. Mm -hmm. And because you can put a screw right in the middle of it, mm -hmm. and you can slide it into the hole, get it up in there, and that give you, with the screw in the center, it gives you something really good and hard you can pull against. Yeah. So that when you put your lock screws in, the lock screws will actually bite through and give you a nice surface to push against to keep your sheetrock in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this too, dear listener. One thing that is your friend in this situation, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I think it's more or less called instant grab construction adhesive. Yes. Now I'm not talking about, I guess we can't give out name brands. I'm not talking about that stuff that takes forever to dry and it leaves like a thin gooey layer. I'm talking about the stuff. It almost goes on like caulk, but you pull it tight and it grabs it almost instantly and it'll mm -hmm. harden. It, it's easier to clean up. It's water. Mm -hmm clean up and all that and then um you know float it out but i would be leery of putting it putting the the toilet paper holder over the repair you just made i think it's either way it'll be dicey but um 
That's that. That was a good question. I think a lot of people encounter that. So, and I don't get that. I mean, that was maybe that deserves its own design flaw. These giant tile things that they used to insert. I mean, you'd see those in showers and stuff. Larry. Yeah, it's like a porcelain soap dish or right. a porcelain oh, yeah. recessed uh, paper holder, and you know they're they're kind of made into the walls. So mm -hmm. if you ever want to change them, uh, typically nowadays it'd be surface mounted. Where there's already there's drywall behind it, right? You can just take it off the wall and just put something else up there. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it is a little challenge to it's a challenge to kind of get them out sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they're kind of you know, they're in there pretty hard, but you know, like you know, they're mudded in and uh caulked in and all that. So, but once you get it out, then you got a big hole in the wall you got to deal yeah. with. Yeah. So. And a lot of times they stuck them in showers and things like that, which, you know, Bathrooms. So you're better off just gutting everything. So, yeah. okay. Um, that, very good question. So, hey, Alan, uh, we don't want to run out of time. We're going to, we're going to get to our, uh, uh, home improvement stories. But before we get to that, uh, why don't you tell us what's going on with Dark Oak Media? Uh, this week because I have a feeling something is going on. Oh, there's always lots going on with Dark Hook Media right now. Uh, of course, our podcasts are up at uh, Spotify and YouTube, so feel free to pop over to tooltalkradio.com and you can binge, you know, Joe and Alan for hours and hours and hours. If that's your thing, yeah. Yeah, okay. we have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, of course, our, our big hits are the Perpetually It Came from the International Market. Right. The evil producer goes and buys snack foods from around the world and feeds it to his friends. Yeah. Of uh, upcoming this week will be uh, some comedy shorts about people you have met at uh, movie theaters or people you have met while of um, going to a garage sale. These are stereotyped. Uh, I'm the, sure these are so. funny beyond belief, and they will be posted this week. Now that sounds good. The rummage sale people are the ones I'm curious about. Oh yeah, that's a that's a hardcore group, man. They get there, they that, get up at five in the morning. Man, that is a society all to itself. It is amazing. Okay, darkoakmedia.com. So check it out. Uh, shifting gears to my shameless promotion, Alan. I will say that uh, one thing that warms my heart is when I show when I show up at the big box store, which I do pretty mm -hmm. much every day. There is more lumber. There, the the, the lumber is coming yes. out of the woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> so lumber is not a, a, at a shortage anymore, which is great for people like me. So if you've got a project that you need for your home, especially I love outside projects uh, like a deck or a patio cover or a screened in porch, or actually, Larry, I've got a project coming up that's going to involve you because it's going to be there. They they there's an older home in Midtown, and they want me to build them a laundry room. But this is going to be a, a brand new addition to their home so they're going to need hvac over there okay so, so we'll yeah. get and, and actually they're going to need a roof so we'll get mm. jay hill over there so i love projects like that especially if you've got a weird project like uh maybe you want uh an outdoor uh, wooden stonehenge built in your backyard i call me i'd be all over that in yep. a heartbeat so Down with that Get in touch with me. You can call me directly at 901-921-7105, or you can go to my website, thorshomes.com. Okay, now let's get to our, uh, I think we're ready. So we're going to um, we're gonna exchange some uh, home improvement stories, I hope. Larry, I don't know if you prepared for this or not. Tool but, uh, Tales. I did my homework. With Tool Talk Radio. There we go. Yeah, I'd say this qualifies as Tool Tale. Well, I, it occurred to me, you know, looking back, um, you know, we, we've we've all do home improvements to our home all the time. We're always mm -hmm. in people's homes. Well, not everybody is. 
And、uh, there is something exhilarating and there's something sort of, you know, just empowering when you look at your home and then you do something to improve it. It's pretty, it's pretty exciting. And I thought it'd be interesting to, to, to discuss what, were the, what was the first home improvement project you ever did to your home. Okay. And、uh, so, I, obviously, your first home. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it was your second home. But,、uh, and what does that say? And what does that, you know, what does that indicate about your priorities? So, I'll, <laughs> I'll start if you want. Go for it. So,、uh, when I first got married, we moved into this,、uh, this very small home, Larry. It was a two bedroom home. Uh, however, and、um, when we moved in,、uh, we had, well, I don't want to give a big backstory, but the, the long and short of it, my wife was、uh, pregnant because this was our second place. We actually lived in a different home that was very small first. And then this was our first home that we owned, let's put it that way.、Mm-hmm. And so、um, she's pregnant with twins,、uh, six or seven months pregnant. So they、mm-hmm. start getting into that nesting impulse. I don't know if your wife did that, Larry. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I came home one day, and,、uh, you know, she was a six or seven month pregnant woman, ripped out all the carpeting in our house. She said it's full of germs. She, I don't know if she had watched Oprah that day and、right. said that there's every little kind of bacteria that's going to kill your children if they crawl on it. And I come home, and every bit of that carpeting is ripped out. She didn't take out the, the,、uh, the tax strips. Or any of the other stuff. It's like, well, I got a project for you now. And so that was my first,、uh, you know, thrown into the fire project. I had to pull up all the tax strips and then, of course, sand. They were hardwood floors.、Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll say that. Sand the floors. And then we made a, the, one of the biggest mistakes of our entire life, which I would never repeat. And、I'm, this is a public service announcement for people. We thought this was right at the time when everybody was doing these painted floors. Yes. You remember that, Larry? It was a very short trend. <laughs> <laughs> that six week period.、Yeah. They look great for about three days to、yeah. you walk it. But we thought, well, let's, let's paint the floors. This will be really cool. And it, it looked great, like I said, for about three weeks until、yeah, yeah. life happened. And then, scra- and then to fix it, you start touching up those scrapes. Then you start top coating it.、Yep. Then, eventually, about four years later, we got tired of the whole thing and sanded it, which was one of the most miserable experiences of my life, sanding that floor off. However,、um, it did give me the bug for home improvement. And after that, we did every other month we were doing a home improvement project. So, but、um, anyway, that was my first home improvement project,、uh, Alan. So,、uh, why are you eyeing me suspiciously? Well, because I'd be very curious what you did as a first time homeowner. So, or was this your first home that you owned or what?、Uh? Uh, I, I'm just going to pick with the、uh, first home that I owned, AKA my home that I'm in now. Oh, okay.、Uh, yeah,、lucky. you've been there a long time. Been、so. there a long time.、Uh, the previous owner had a couple of prized German Shepherds. Oh, boy. And they all、dig? they did all day long, big old furry horses, was run up and down the fence lines. Okay. So, about four feet off of the fence, if you walked out there, you'd cry because it was just destroyed.、Mm-hmm. It was a trench. Yeah. All the way around. Nobody understood why I was smiling. Okay. Because about a day later, that was trimmed with landscape timbers and my four foot wide, completely surrounding the backyard garden was done. Oh, they already trenched it up there. <laughs> it was, all the work was done. The grass was removed. Everything was out. All I had to do was line it, topsoil it, and plant it. That's interesting. So, your first, your first、uh, project was a major, you know. Would have been to anybody else a major landscape disaster.、Hmm. To me, it was like, well, 90% of the work is done. I'll just 
put the dirt in and start growing stuff. So there that's you go. literally taking the lemons and making lemonade out of it. So, yep. all yeah. right. Yep. That's pretty good. Hey, Larry, do you remember your first home improvement project? I think that, um, I think the first one that we did was, uh, probably something similar to Allen. We did some flower beds and built a fence, a wooden privacy fence. So it was an outside project. Outside project. Yes. Okay. So, uh, other than painting, you know, uh, that would be probably the first project we did was, you know, again, build some flower beds and put up some fence. And so we had our neighbors had a privacy fence, but mm -hmm. so we just, it wasn't a huge amount of fence, but uh, that's probably the first one we were, that I remember. Okay. So. I'm going to analyze this information because I think it says something that you guys focused on the outside because all of our home improvement projects for quite a while were inside. But then again, we had, you know, young kids at the time and everything. So we're trying to make it habitable, I guess right. you could say in there. So, all right. Well, hey, folks, if you've got any uh, interesting home improvement projects that you've done, you can get in touch with, uh, you can send us it, a message anytime at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline. You can send us a message at three in the morning and we'll read it on the air next week. And uh, you can even send pictures and uh photo evidence of what you've done so larry real quick because we're almost it's almost time to get out of here people if they want to get in touch with brown refrigeration how do they do that sir well you know obviously you can give us a call 901-362-1881 um be glad to hear from you or you can check us out on the web at brownref.com or check us out on facebook love to hear from you absolutely so well uh there's the music you guys another episode of tool talk radio is in the can <laughs> in the can it's time to get out of here you guys so on behalf of my buddy alan gilbreth our pal max over there behind the glass and larry brown i'm uh joe thorderson thanks for listening and we'll see you next week